Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 318, and this one's called And Then Finding Out That It's You. <laughs> I was looking for a longer title, but, you know, th this will have to do. <laughs> you know what we should do? Let's begin with an Omicron exhale. Are you with me on this? Yeah, let's just exhale. Uh, do you have any weariness or fatigue? You're just like, oh, God, is this, we're still in this thing? Let's just, I think this episode's going to go a lot better if I do, do one of them, one of them new Omicron exhales. Yeah, you know, New York Times has that map. And over the past couple of years, it tracks like where uh, people are getting COVID, but it tracks like where hospitals are to capacity or over capacity. A friend of mine uh, recently got COVID, and at the hospital, they put him in a closet because there was literally no room. But that map would have over the past couple of years little spots of purple where it was most severe and like the past couple of weeks that map is just straight purple Whew. i'm exhaling that Whew. or how about the death toll which in many ways feels like the thing that isn't getting talked about more than anything it's the thing that is the thing behind all this thing that just isn't talked it's almost like we aren't even ready yet to deal with how many we've lost. Or, or a friend of mine today, Chris, we were talking, and he was like, God, everybody I know is on edge in some way. <laughs> Kristen and I were driving in our neighborhood, and we came to this uh, like three-way stop sign, and the car ahead of us and a car coming the other way, um, they both thought they were the first one there, so they were the first one to go. And so they ended up, both of them, like nose-to-nose -nose in the middle of the intersection, and they started yelling at each other, these drivers, and like cars behind us and around us start honking because they're holding up all of traffic while they just both cars in the middle of the intersection with these carloads of people just yelling at the top of their lungs and god it just felt like the moment we're in <laughs> like literally their disagreement was one thinks the other was like a second slower to the stop sign and uh <laughs> it's not that far from where we live, and there's a cheesecake factory like a hundred like a hundred feet from where that happened. These guys are literally just in their cars yelling at the top of their lungs in front of a cheesecake factory. It was like being trapped in a Drake song. It was just like this is there's something about this moment that this uh this anxiety and tension and this insane <laughs> argument that's happening in front of us in some ways is like what everybody's, they're just acting like everybody's feeling like, God, <laughs> how's that for an opening to a Robcast? <sighs> so anyway, I am exhaling right now, all that weariness and fatigue and just like all those plans that are tentative still, like it's probably going to happen, right? But you don't know yet for sure, or that thing got postponed or, <sighs> yeah, so I'm I'm just doing that for all of you who just needed to know that yeah this this thing is pushing us into places in many ways we've never been. I've noticed how many people 
talk about the difficulty of this moment, and it makes me feel so much better. <laughs> so if that Omicron exhale can in any way, you can feel the solidarity in that. Oh, man. And then, of course, those of you who this past two years has been like your efforts, the amount of layers that have been added to what you do in your life, let alone those of you in healthcare, those of you in education. Uh, I was talking to the principal of Violet School and was like, you have junior high students all day. Like on behalf of all of us, that's enough, let alone the 19 layers of complication that have been added. So uh, a shout out in love to all of you who have carried 10 times the load yeah, an exhale for you in love and grace and peace sending in your direction. This episode is called And Then Finding Out That It's You. And I want to talk about something so basic that it's easy to skip over, and there's so many things that flow out of this one really basic thing. So we're going to get to that in a second, but first... Before we do that, set, setting next to all of the weariness and the fatigue, I also am, God, I'm so thrilled to let you know that uh, a new audiobook that I just made is out today. This audiobook, I've never done anything on money, um, any teaching or talks or Robcasts really on money, and how money is facts and figures, it's numbers. It's the cold, hard reality of how much money is there. How much does it cost? How much did you save up? How much are we missing? How much are we trying to get? There's like the facts and figures, but then with money, there's the framing and the flow. There's the story that you're telling about it. There's how you're holding it. There's the energetic swirling that's going on around money. And so in many ways, for many people, money is just, do you have it? Do you not? How do you get more? How do you make sure you spend it on this or that? But, but actually, there's this whole other dimension to money, which is the story you're telling about, the framing of it, the handling of it, all that swirls. Uh, it's currency, but it is also energetic exchange. And actually, money is this dynamic loop, almost like a dance where you're moving between these two truths about money. I've never done anything about that. And when I would like run that by friends here and there, like, have you noticed that money's actually these two? People will be like, I've never heard that. And a lot of this comes from, there's a whole ancient wisdom tradition in the Proverbs about money, which I noticed a lot of people simply hadn't heard any of it. And it's, some of it's like really counterintuitive. Some of it's um, almost shocking, like, wait, what? Um, but I found it really, really helpful. So I had this idea to do an audiobook on this, and it's out. It's <laughs> okay. Here's the name of the audiobook. It's called "Grabbing the Bag." <laughs> Try to say "Grabbing the Bag" without laughing. Um, it's called "Grabbing the Bag: A Few Thoughts on Money." It's a three-hour audiobook, and uh, you can get it at my site. And I'll uh, I spend the first part explaining the title, Grabbing the Bag. It's something um, my son Preston's friend, Liam, who is just this, Liam, God, he's just, all human beings are unbelievable human beings, but this human being is double unbelievable. But he had this, he has this phrase, which is a meme, it's a phrase that's out there, but he t talks about going to work, like, you gotta grab the bag, man. <laughs> 
So I explore why there's actually great profundity, is that the word, wisdom, in uh, like the seriousness of money. Like if you, if you have money problems, you have problems. Like money is related to a primal, ancient, evolutionary impulse to like food, shelter, protection. No wonder money like keeps us awake at night. No, no wonder money has this unique way of raising our anxieties and the tension in, in the spaces that we inhabit. Like money is like serious. And also it's just money comes and it goes, right? You've, you've lost money. You've gotten things on sale. It's just money. So grabbing the bag is like, this is dead serious when you're talking about money. And you're learning to loosen your grip on it and its grip on you. Um, so I sort of walk you through this ancient wisdom. I tell lots of stories. And actually with this audiobook, what, what I'm most passionate about giving you is language surrounding money, especially for you and partner, spouse, maybe with art, with business, with kids, like common language that names all of the things surrounding money that I just haven't heard that many people talk about. And uh, I also do a whole, a whole bit on art and the relationship between art, um, humanitarian aid, uh, all of the kind of work that oftentimes people don't talk about money in relation to because it feels like selling out, it feels like ruining the purity of it, and then people get frustrated because there isn't the resources to do what the people want to do. So um, I talk about how, how to handle this in such a way that, because you know when someone's trying to sell you something, you know that feeling like when it's all about that and you're like, oh God, it like almost ruins it. Um, how to have an integrated view of all this so that you have what you need to do what you're here to do and you give it the attention it deserves, but not too much. It's like, you're not denying it, you're not oblivious to it, but you're also not owned or driven by it. Anyway, there's some things I've learned that hopefully it helps. Um, so, grabbing the bag, a few thoughts on money. <laughs> See, I can't even say it without smiling, and I'm so happy that it's done and it's out so that you can get it. And then, uh, oh yeah, I've been doing these question sessions. We did the first one Saturday, and there's some spots for those where you bring your question and we follow it and we see where it takes you, where it takes us. And uh, so there's some spots and more, more details about that at the site. And then, oh yeah, this Monday night, depending on when you listen to this, this Monday night, um, next Largo show, and Everything is Spiritual, this is sort of a variation. You know what, all shows going forward are probably just going to be called Everything is Spiritual, although this is like a new show. I have all these new things I want to try out. And perhaps there may even be some very special guests. And that's Monday night. And check, when you get tickets, check the Largo site because um, Flanny and Michael and company are very serious at Largo about safety and health and all that. So um, bring your Vax card, mask, all that, and um, just make sure you have everything so that when you get there, you have what you need to get in and you know, we all stay safe and all that. So Largo show and, uh, oh yeah, last fall I did this tour called Everything is Spiritual. And the first dates of the tour got postponed because that was, you know, that was a, that was a variant ago, <laughs> the Delta variant as opposed to this one. Um, so a number of cities got postponed to February. Um, Dallas, 
and Austin, Texas, and then Oklahoma City. So all of you in those cities who um, I didn't come your way last September, but February, let's, uh, let's get together at your place. So uh, all info on Texas and Oklahoma tour stops is at my site as well. Oh, man. That was quite enjoyable to tell you about, to be honest with you. Now, uh, let's talk about finding out that it's you. Because the title of this episode is actually the second half of, a very, of an even longer sentence. And it's a sentence that I have uh, been saying for a long time. Because I find that it speaks to one of... Honestly, I think it's one of the most... It is actually one of the most important things about being a human being. And I've just noticed for how many of us, this isn't a truth that you learn and then you move on. It's a loop. It's something you're constantly returning to. And it's something that for many people is like, yeah, 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 I get that. And yet, like for me, the, re- the reminder and entering back into it afresh is, in- is even this past week, is, yeah, transformative. So what I'm talking about is forgiving and how when you forgive someone, you're setting someone free and then you're finding out that it's you. That's the central truth of forgiveness, one, one of like a hundred central truths. But, but I, I want to explore this with you and I want to talk to you about forgiving everybody for everything all the time. And I say it that way, this is so basic, and yet oftentimes we build up these little slights and digs, a little bit of scorekeeping here, a little bit of resentment there, just a touch of bitterness there. And if they go unchecked and untended to, they tend to grow. They tend to start talking to each other. And oftentimes we aren't even aware that they're there. So I, I want to explore how you forgive everybody for everything all the time. And especially want to explore the subtle ways that we don't forgive and how it accumulates and sometimes even builds a head of steam within us that we aren't even aware of. And then at the end, I want to talk about why this is so huge to forgive everybody for everything, Um, why it's so central to being a human being, among other things. So so at the end, we're going somewhere very specific, but but first, in my experience, when you talk about forgiving and forgiving everybody for everything they've ever done to you and anybody else and doing it all the time, in my experience, for lots of people, it's like, wait, 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 because that's like a, like a whole number of hands get raised. So uh, just some basics, um, and I've noticed over the years, returning to these again and again, these truths about forgiveness, I see new things that show me things even that I'm carrying around, and I get set free again and again. So for many people, you just talk about forgiving, and the instant thing is, wait, you're telling me to overlook what they did? Uh, No. Nope. Forgiveness is not overlooking what the person did. 
Um, forgiveness is not pretending that it didn't happen. So to forgive somebody is not to act like they didn't do anything or nothing ever happened. In fact, actually, learning to forgive and getting good at forgiving generally means a new honesty about what actually happened. So oftentimes to actually set somebody free, it requires an honest assessment and clarity about just how significant and deep the wound was. So forgiving is not overlooking, it's not pretending, it's not validating or condoning what the person did. And once again, this is super, super basic, and yet, how often it's the basics, right? Right? Secondly, for many people, the moment you start talking about forgiving, there is, yeah, but what about the consequences of what they did? Forgiving does not mean that the person doesn't have to live with the consequences of what they did. You can press charges and have forgiven the person. You can forgive the person, and yet justice still is going to be served. So consequences and somebody having to live with the consequences of what they did you can forgive the person, and that doesn't mean that they don't have to live with what they did. Okay, thirdly, is this, is this a third thing? <laughs> I've already lost track. Uh, forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. Forgiveness does not mean that the relationship goes back to how it was. Because oftentimes that's the thing that happens. The person wronged you and they're like, come on, man. If forgive, and often here's the phrase, forgive and forget, right? What's your problem? Don't you have love in your heart? What are you hanging on to the past for? No, no, no. Actually, sometimes forgiving is remembering. Sometimes forgiving is remembering. And the relationship is not going to go back to how it was because of what they did. You can forgive the person and the relationship is not going to be what it was. Sometimes forgiving actually means new boundaries where they are not allowed in your territory like they used to. Sometimes forgiveness, you, you can have all the love that sets them free, and yet you are now going to love them from a distance. All of this is often part, in the best of relationships, and I'm sure you've experienced this, in the healthiest of relationships, one of you hurts the other, and you say, God, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, thanks so much for saying that. We are all good. We're good? Oh, yeah, we're good. And you are good, and you move on. In the best of relationships, forgiving is forgetting. Not always. Sometimes forgiving is remembering. Sometimes you notice a pattern. Like, oh, they do this again and again and again, and you decide, I am not going to hang around for another, for another round of the pattern. Yeah, that's all part of forgiveness. Sometimes people say, uh, 
I will forgive them when they apologize. Well, the thing about that is they may never acknowledge, they may never apologize, they may never ask for your forgiveness. If you're waiting for them to acknowledge what they did, if you're waiting for them to apologize, you may be waiting forever. And if you are doing that, you have just given them tremendous power and control over your peace and joy. You see why forgiving everybody for everything is so incredibly important? Otherwise, we are handing out incredible power to people for what they've done. Oftentimes, a person, uh, there's another impulse, and uh, is, I am, I don't want to let them get away with what they did. But when we don't forgive, it's like letting them rent free space in our head. They are getting away with what they did. You see, forgiveness is actually breaking a cycle. Forgiveness is like interrupting the loop. It's setting them free, and in that way, they don't get away with what they did. Because now it's no longer looping and racing and bouncing around in your head. Because otherwise, what happens is it builds up over time. We have this phrase, slights, the little slights, this other phrase, the little digs, those moments when we hide knives in our words. It's like the person said this to you, and then later you realize, oh, there were knives in those words. I didn't catch it in the moment because it was subtle, it was quick. Uh, perhaps they're charming, they're funny, and yet later you're like, oh, God, I'm, I'm like bleeding a little bit. It's that feeling when you're laying in bed in the middle of the night and suddenly you're recounting a conversation from earlier in the day and you're realizing that there was a whole other world of things happening in that exchange. And you realize that you're, it actually hurts. Yeah, you got cut a little. Yeah, there were knives in those words. Now, the ancient Greeks had this word uh, for forgiveness. The word for forgiveness is the word, two words put together, the word away and then the verb to send. So the word forgiveness means to send away. Yeah, so picture it. Somebody wrongs you, somebody does something to you, and now you're carrying it around. You know that feeling like when you think about them, and the first thought is what they did to you, what they said about you, what they said to someone else about you. They move from being a human to being the thing that they did. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody wrong you, and you're, you haven't forgiven them, and you're holding on to them, and then somebody else talks about them, uh, talks about somebody they love, something they've done, and you have this moment like, oh, that's right, they are, they are a human being, <laughs> because they have so become the thing they did, or they keep doing, that they, they almost become the verb, and not the noun. <laughs> they become the act, and not the human being. Yeah, so at, so at its heart, at the heart of forgiveness, 
is refusing to carry that thing around. It's like they handed you this thing when they did whatever it is, and now we're carrying it around. And um, when you're carrying things around, things are heavy. So these slights, these digs, these little moments when we got cut, they build up in all of it's it's almost like they happen just just a millimeter below our eyesight. They're, they're so close that we almost don't see them and they build up. Sometimes they begin talking to each other. Sometimes they begin whenever I meet somebody who's angry with the and then they name some institution, the government, the humanity, whenever they um, you can't forgive a faceless institution, corporation, or entity. You have to get a name and a face. You can only forgive people. This is actually why we often get all bound up, is you, if when someone tells you they're angry with and then fill in the name of generic, large institution, um, yeah, they'll be bound up forever like that. You gotta move to people, somebody, somewhere, hurt us. Yeah. You could, you could only forgive people. You can only actually set them free when you've named them. You get really specific in particular. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and by the way, you'll notice this. Once you begin to see how you can't forgive a faceless entity, you'll begin to see how easily people get locked up in this. Um, you have, you have to name, name and license plate number. <laughs> Name and face, you, you, it, it's only people that you can, you have, to, you have to get really, really specific. And then you decide to send it away. I'm not going to carry this around. This is why it gets so strangely heavy. And this is why oftentimes forgiveness can be difficult is you're like, well, that's not a big deal. They just said that one thing. Why can't I, why can't I just blow it off? So then what happens is it gets a double layer. This is the feedback loop, the echo chamber, that is it's absolutely fascinating to observe in others and when it happens within you. There's the thing the person did. Think about the thing the person did, and you're embarrassed to talk about it. You're like, I really need to forgive them for it. And then you say the thing, and you're like, that's so small and petty and insignificant. But notice what happens. There's the thing they did which sometimes we're embarrassed just to name it, but then there is our judgment about, I should be bigger than that. I should be able to blow that off. Why am I even still thinking about that? Why am I not stronger? Why am I not made of Teflon? So there's the thing they did, and then there's your own running commentary on how I should be above that sort of thing. Why am I even still thinking about it? If you're thinking about it, forget judgment, forget shame, forget wondering why, you're thinking about it. So just accept it, admit it. Yeah, it hurt at some level. Yeah. So you can see often there's two things going on. The thing that they did, and then our own running judgment shame scorecard commentary on why we aren't able to let it go. And so we're actually letting go of both things. <sighs> yeah. And by the way, you got to do tons of exhaling. When you forgive, you gotta breathe. <laughs> you gotta breathe this stuff out. So think back over the past six months, over the past year, over the past two years. 
is there anybody who handed you something, whether they know it or not, they handed you something, and to forgive them is to refuse to keep carrying around, is to set it down. It's to set it down. Now, obviously, uh, and you're already probably stepped ahead of me on this, there is a there is a deep human impulse. You're standing there holding the thing they did, and you know where we're going with this, right? There's an ancient human impulse to do what? To hand it back, right? I don't want to carry this, and so we hand it back to them, otherwise known as revenge. And revenge uh, obviously takes a thousand different forms, but you can see what revenge is. Revenge is they did this to me, so now... Yeah, yeah, but you know what they did earlier this year, right? You've heard the story on them, right? We just, we just hand it back. Yeah, we'll wound them. A cold shoulder is a wonderful way of handing it back. We do this in all sorts. Sometimes, sometimes it's so reflexive we're not even aware we're doing it. But what we're doing is we don't know what to do with the pain of carrying it around, and so we pass it back. Yeah, that's calling... That, that's, yeah, that's called revenge. Revenge always escalates. Yeah, yeah. Revenge. Uh, one of the interesting exercises to do when you realize, oh, oh yeah, I'm trying to get revenge, is to ask yourself, how will I know if I've gotten revenge? What exactly will it think, taste, and feel like? Because one of the things about revenge is that it's incredibly elusive. And, and one of the ways to actually find your way into surrendering the desire for revenge, which is generally the first step in forgiving, is to surrender, to, is to turn the person over and to surrender the right for, to revenge. Uh, and one of, the, one, of, one of the breakthrough moments often is when you realize, I don't know what exactly revenge would even feel, taste, or look like. I don't even know actually what I'm holding out for, because it's never really satisfying. When you get it, it's like, oh, good, there, now we're done. No, generally, generally it keeps... It just keeps it in circulation. It just keeps it in circulation. So think about nations. Um, think about families. Think about all of the ways it just keeps getting, it just keeps circulating back and forth. You bomb us, we bomb you. This goes from the most intimate, subtle little movements among people who share a home together, all the way to the histories of nations that go back generations. You did this to us, we hand it back to you, you hand it back to us, we hand it back to you. Often, perhaps you come from a lineage where it's being passed back and forth, and no one can even remember the first thing that happened. <laughs> None of the people are even alive who started it. All we know is we don't like them. All we know is they're the enemy. Yeah, and obviously Shakespeare, too. I mean, this is all over the place, this in our history. This is all over the place where it, it's been going back and forth for so long. No one, everybody's lost track of who started it. Yeah, even the scorecard at some point, you can't even keep up. It's just been passing back and forth. So yeah, think about that person right now who you've got one of those going with. Picture yourself just setting down that, that thing that you've been carrying. 
Think about setting it down. Think about absorbing it. Think, thinking, think about standing there and saying to yourself, I am not going to hand it back. Yeah. Yeah, notice, notice what that, how that feels, what that looks like, how much weight and power it has to be like, yeah, I don't want to keep this in circulation. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's like a slow battery drain. Right, it's just a, like it's just like a, it's an energetic drain. But this is actually one of the one of the five thousand reasons why forgiveness is so central to being a human, is as you get more accustomed to forgiving, as you start to build up forgiving muscles, what happens is you begin to see how much energy it takes to not forgive. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Then this this happens gradually over time. But you just notice, oh my God, I would have nursed that thing, thought about that thing, carried that thing around, and now I'm not. Whew, man, so much lighter. So much lighter. Forgiveness is a process. Fairly obvious observation, but uh, once again, the basics. So crucial to understanding forgiveness. It's a process. Especially if right now, however many minutes we are into this, you're like, oh yeah, you do not know what so-and-so did to me. Like... How am I ever, that thing, uh, it, it becomes like a part of our life. It like forms neural pathways. It, it, it grooves and ruts, and we're so reflexively used to it. It's a process. Yeah, so here's an example. If tomorrow you spend less energy imagining ways to torture them, let's say you spend three minutes less time tomorrow cooking up new ways to torture them, we'll take it. We will take it. Once again, lower the bar and you will find all sorts of progress, right? Yeah. So tomorrow, wait, today I hate them 0 0.03 hate units, HUs, let's just say, than I do yesterday. Oh, okay, good. Good. Yeah, if you're doing, if you're doing some like generational forgiving, right, like big stuff, or like somebody that you were really, really, really close to who violated that bond in the most uh, destructive sorts of ways. Yeah, then, then take whatever tiny movement in the other direction you can. If you've been holding on to that wound for so long that maybe just like one finger lifts off of this thing that you've been holding in your hands, just one finger starts to loosen its death grip. Okay, good. We'll take it. We'll take it. I, I remember forevers ago, way over a decade ago, forgiving somebody I was very, very, very close to. I lost sleep. There was a solid six months. It's been a while. Six months, maybe a year of every single night in the middle of the night being wide awake, just uh, heated is the word that comes to mind. Just, just so hot with hurt and rage and betrayal. Uh, and, then, and then it happened again a couple years later, something very similar, and that one was again... That guy, that, that, man, that thing, six months, nine months, a year of 
rarely sleeping well through the night because of how much it hurt. Yeah. That's all part of forgiving, by the way, is a ruthless inventory of just the kind of pain you're in. Um, but what you learn about forgiving is it's less like flipping a switch and more like flushing something out of your system. And that just takes a while. Yeah, yeah. So even right now, talking about this, if you're like, I can't even imagine not having that person running around in my head and heart. Yeah, yeah, part of it even is the imagination takes a while, takes a while to kick in. Yeah, yeah. There's also, and, and obviously, this should be pointed out, Generally, we wrong people, and people wrong us. We wrong each other because we're already miserable. We're generally passing something along. So oftentimes when, you, when we're filled with this sort of righteous indignation about, I want to make sure they pay for what they did, they were already miserable. That's why they did it. So, and that is not in any way a sort of shiny, you know, that sort of trite, like, oh, they were all hurt people, hurt people. The reason why that's kind of a cliche is because it's true. Some cliches are cliches because they're true. They've endured. They reached cliche status because they've resonated for a long time because they're true. So whenever we have, like, I just want them to be as miserable as they made me, yeah, that's not something that's going to happen. That already happened. That's why this happened. So if you begin to see how forgiveness blurs time, because oftentimes it's like, well, I'm just waiting to see them pay. They were, they've been paying for a while. Maybe not according to your external, look at them, they're doing fine. They're doing better than ever. Look at, no, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah. That's part of what forgiveness does. The better you get at forgiveness, the more you exercise this muscle, the more tuned in you get to the forgiving flow, the more you stop making rash, superficial, external judgments about how they're doing. They just got away with it. Uh, you don't know that. You don't know that. Look at how much money. Look at nobody seems to be holding them. You know what? You don't know. You don't know. You are judging what you do know about your interiors with what you don't know about theirs. So, yeah, yeah, they were already... They were already in pain. Yeah. Now, let's explore for a moment the subtleties of this. Because when you surrender the right... Surrender revenge, actively, you know going after them, making them feel it, getting out your own knife. There's another thing that can happen. It appears like we're good here, but then you notice them having a tough go of it. You notice things not just falling into place for them, and something within you... What's the word here? Oh, here's the word. Something within you quietly delights. Like, oh, yeah. You see somebody else hurt them, and you're like, yep. 
Now, um, there is a sort of karmic awareness we have when we see somebody who has a pattern and, and we're like, that is, that is not good. You have been on the receiving end of that thing they do, and then you see it come to them again. There is a sort of, yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, maybe, maybe that will help them break this cycle and transform. So there is that, but, but there is also the subtle ways in which we aren't wishing them the best which is actually a form of, it's almost like, like passive revenge or something. I'm not going to, ex, I'm not going to even the score. Um, I'm going to let somebody else and I will have a front row seat and it will be delightful. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really subtle one. And the reason why it's so subtle is we're still holding out for them to get theirs and we still in some way aren't free. We may have farmed it out to somebody else, the universe, karma, etc. But at some level we still we're still clinging, still grasping, still aren't free. Forgiveness. Yeah, forgiveness is setting someone free and then finding out that it's you. And I, and I first sort of stumbled into this truth a long time ago, but I notice over the years that it just continues. I continue to find new spaces within it, new dimensions, new angles, new truths to setting everybody free and then finding out that I'm part of that. Yeah, yeah. Here's how you know. Here's how you know when you've set someone free. You begin wishing them well. Yeah. You begin asking for goodness to come their way. Yeah. Yeah, you begin celebrating their joy and fortune. You, you find that you're no longer keeping a scorecard. Yeah, that's when you, that's when you know that something significant has happened. Uh, you're no longer, oh, I just want them to pay. Uh, that has a way, first off, we have no idea. Secondly, that has a way of working itself out. Yeah, yeah. And then and obviously some situations, there's like a very real justice. The police are involved. There are lawyers, et cetera, et cetera. And so there is. That's, that's why for thousands of years, justice has been like a fundamental cry of the human experience. So sometimes the, the desire for justice you forgive them, and you also hold tight to justice, like to a larger system that can handle it. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there. Obviously, this can this has lots of different layers to it. But here, what we're most interested in is those deep recesses of the heart where all this stuff gets shelved and stacked and stored. Right, that storage room where this stuff, after a while, it builds up. Yeah. And then there's this long exhale. <sighs> Maybe for you it's this realization. Oh god, I got a bunch of these. Yeah, I got a I got a bunch of people that I that are renting free space in my head. <laughs> yeah, you find yourself ruminating on them. You find yourself like over and over and over again they come up and it's if you find yourself fixated on somebody or somehow how they're doing 
is like a weird reality show that's playing out in your head on a station that only you, on a YouTube channel that only you can get. Yeah, it's, it's probably an issue of forgiveness. Yeah. Or, or if you know somebody who keeps bringing up something that somebody did to them, um, sometimes you'll, you'll notice somebody brings up something that happened to them 10 years ago, and you bet you're like, wait, the last four times I've been with them, they brought it up. Yeah, yeah, it's forgiveness. Yeah, forg- forgiveness is actually all around us. It's almost like once you get this lens, once you put this pair of glasses on, y- you'll notice it in all kinds of interaction. So, so, so uh, and, and one of, actually, I would argue one of the most loving things you can do if you notice this is just to say to somebody, have you forgiven them? Have you thought about forgiving them? Even just, have you considered forgiving them? And not- notice, yeah, you've, you find out. <laughs> it's, it's, like, um, it's like if you, if we were, if every single time somebody talked about politics, somebody present had to say to them, which policies are you referring to? If we could not have a political discussion that wasn't about the policies, we would quickly determine who knows what about anything. We would quickly end up with a discussion about our shared common life together. If we could move from politics to policies, okay, what's the policy in play here? What is the current policy? What suggestion do you have for a better policy? What is the data, the research? What is the lived experience that suggests that policy would be better than the current? Like we would, if you could just move from politics to policies, you'd find out quite quickly who actually knows anything, who's actually had an is any experience who's actually informed. It's a similar way with uh, interactions when we start talking about other people. If we could immediately, when you sense that, move to, have you forgiven them? Ah, just watch. It like clears up the clutter so fast. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. Okay, good. Now, now, now we have an idea what's, what's actually going on here. Forgiveness is setting someone free and then finding out that it's you. Now, one, uh, one more truth about all this, and this is sort of, in some ways, this is, all of this leads to one very simple truth, and yet it's almost like the truth you can never stop learning. We are learning how to forgive others because the better you get at forgiving others, you will notice you'll be getting much better at forgiving yourself. And I have noticed how many people over the years are struggling to forgive themselves. And everything is about, I don't know how to forgive myself. I don't know how to move on. I'm stuck on that stuff. I'm beating myself up. I carry it around with me. I look for the bad things that happened to me to see, 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 I still come, all of it's still coming back to me. I'm still getting punished for that thing. Um, The best answer I could give to anybody who's trying to forgive themselves is, I don't know, I think you, I think you start making lists of people who you want to forgive and watch what happens to the way that you handle your own forgiveness. Yeah, you, you watch, just watch how it works. I'm telling you, it's like a magic trick, and I don't even know who's doing the, the trick. <laughs> yeah, think about what you want for yourself. What you want for yourself is to be able to say, it's good to be me. 
And oftentimes it's just things we've done that we don't know what to do with them. We can't forgive ourselves. And so what happens over time is they accumulate, they build up, and uh, we don't know if it's good to be us. Start forgiving other people. Yeah, honestly, make a list. Yeah. Make a list and, and rank it. Okay, who's going to be the hardest one to forgive? Who's easy? <laughs> Literally, make that list and maybe just look at it once a day and notice as you live with that, okay, I'm going to set these people free. What am, I, what am I carrying around with them? What am I carrying? They don't see me. They didn't respect me. They stole from me. They uh, notice what it does to your own forgiving of yourself. There's a massive connection between these two. Yeah, there's this great line from Jesus where he talks about forgiving others, and then your Father in heaven uh, forgives you, and it sounds almost like a, if you do this, then, but uh, no, it's a flow. It's a flow. You want this to flow to you, then allow it to flow to others. It's it's like a it's it is like a rushing river. Yeah, jump in this river, and watch what happens. It's like a loop. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Put things into the loop and watch them come back around towards you. Yeah, you have your own images, I imagine. But there is a massive, massive connection between seven, setting everybody free and discovering that we're setting ourselves free from them and we're also setting ourselves free from all the ways we have been bound up within ourselves. Yep. It's all one giant, cosmic, deeply personal <laughs> hairball. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word or not, but that's what it feels like sometimes, just a jumble. And notice how it clears the energies up. Yeah. Yeah. No, think, like, pull up a person right now who comes to mind. Who You're like, oh, them. Just pull them up. And then, uh, God, how's the, what's the way to say that? Direct some good their way. I don't even know. Direct, send, pray, uh, fire some sort of flare in their direction that's good. Wish them health. Bless them. Send them some solid good vibes. Yeah, whatever, whatever cliche, whatever we, whatever thing, just try that. Try that and notice what happens. Yeah, notice what happens. And sometimes it's like, nah, mm -mm, not ready. Okay, okay, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, who knows? God, you gotta start. You gotta start where you're at. Yeah, we gotta start where we're at. Yeah, we're forgiving everybody for everything, and then we're we're forgiveness, setting someone free, and then finding out that it's us. Forgiveness is setting someone free, and then finding out that it's you. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like uh, in this moment that we're in, early part of the year, all this strangeness swirling around us. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do some basics here and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, this has been Robcast episode 318. As always, it's great, Joey, to talk to you like this. May grace 
and peace and forgiving love be with you and flow through you now more than ever.